Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who've had enough of this shit. Chris and the Riz. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 370, Onward and Upward. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Jeff LaRiz Risden. How you doing, brother? I am doing very well. It's great to have video this week. We had a little snafu last week. You were in Vegas. The hotel didn't want to give you the boosted Wi-Fi, so... You just got to hear us last week. This week you get to see us again, and what what a treat that is for everybody. Yeah, they they did not give me anything in the way of internet, and frankly, I, I, that that laptop has to be relegated to some weak duty because I don't think it has the the potency that it needs anymore. It's done it before, but that that happens as you get older. <laughs> I've heard. Wouldn't know. Yeah, wouldn't know. All right, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Rams game. We've got some all kinds of stuff to talk about with that. So we're going to give you some a uh, little bit about the SoFi experience and a lot more. Uh, talk a little bit about injuries and um, specifically how one of them affected that game. Um, St. Jude has kicked off with a bang. We're up to 2309. Thank you, everybody who's donated so far. stjude.org slash DLP, get in there and help us out. Uh, only a week and a half away from the big 24-hour show. Also, we got to look ahead to the Eagles and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Oh, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Let's get right into it. We'll start off. We're going to talk about the Rams game. It was a... The score does not tell the tale of how close this game actually was, Riz. 19 to 28, the Lions didn't win, but it was all the way to the end. They they had a lead going into the fourth quarter, 19 to 17. They took their first lead with an offensive snap with a lead the entire season in this game, and they did so with gusto. It was fun, man. Like, I, I know you were there, but I, I'll give you the, the fan experience from afar. That was the most fun and engaging game that the Lions have been in in a long time. Yeah. I mean, certainly this year, certainly back through the Patricia years. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, back to like the, the game where, where Golden Tate got stopped at the one against Atlanta with, with the Jim Caldwell thing. Like that, that was the last time I can remember that, like a game being that like engaging throughout the entire game. Yep. Like they've they've had good quarters here and there this season, but that's never been like a full game. This one was, and, and plus you had the, the subtext of it being the Rams and Stafford versus Goff and Goff right. versus McVeigh and all that fun stuff. <laughs> it, it was just a really it was, and, and the other games that were on in that viewing window, by the way, were hot garbage. Um, and <laughs> you came you came out of hot garbage in the early games. Too. They switched us three times on the, on the Fox affiliate. They switched us off the Packers. This or, or they switched us off a, a couple different games. They switched us off the Bears. Um, so it was great to see a good football game, and that yeah. was. Man, I, I really enjoyed that. So, Chris, you were there. 
Yep, yep, yep. Tell me about what it was like in the stadium, the the experience of being and watching the Lions up close and personal with Dan Campbell in a very compelling and entertaining football game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Can, can I cover a couple of things really quick before I get there? Because I want to talk about the SoFi yeah. experience. Just notice. Oh, yeah, my stupid, absolutely. My that that stadium looks incredible. Oh, I, I have got oh. to get there. I, it's the only thing that keep. So the NFL um, announced this week, by the way, they're moving the combine out of Indianapolis. Uh, after 2022, the smart money is on Los Angeles, although there's a lot of people that seem to think it will be Dallas. I'm hoping for Los Angeles just so I can go to SoFi and see that stadium and hang out there for a week because that looks amazing. I'm telling you, SoFi is the, the, just the, the headline here is there is no better stadium in the United States. SoFi Stadium yeah. is incredible. Um, this When I walked out, yeah, I kind of recognized as I remember when the Rams and the Chargers won hard knocks and they first walked mm-hmm. into the stadium and you remember the players and coaches never, they were like looking up and they were like really in awe, right? They were like, wow, yeah. I can't tell you how little that show conveyed, how amazing that stadium is. And that's the thing that I think where the biggest gap was, because I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a new stadium. And they're, they're just playing it up. They're like, oh, you know, ooh, our new multi-billion dollar stadium, right? Million dollars, say hundred millions of dollars of stadium. Ooh, they weren't playing it up. It really, yeah. really is that stunning. And I've got some pictures. I got a little video I'll share as well. Oh, sweet. It is, it is, it is really something. But I want to talk a little bit about the game, just some of the the harder points on it first before we get to the the fuzzy Good. stuff. Do it. The spread on this game was 16 and a half points. They yep. lost by nine, and it really should have been about six, right? Because that last field goal at the end was just kind of, you know, you know, garbage time yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> I have thoughts about that. <laughs> 16 and a half was the spread. They cut that. They The Lions beat the spread by half. That's yes, pretty freaking amazing. That's pretty amazing. I walked in there. I was terrified. I knew that it was going to be. I, it was going to be a, a you know a great stadium and all that. I was worried that it was going to be a game that was over by the end of the first quarter, halfway into the second quarter, and it was going to be like, oh god, you know what I mean. And then I started thinking, you know, gosh, the the drunk fans and the other stuff that happens, you know, when all these. Things, I was just like, oh god, this is this is going to be tough, right? Um, wasn't like that at all. And let's start out with coaching. Holy crap. Dan Campbell, FIP. I mean, right, right. Going at it, man. The balls to the wall, balls out, balls in a fucking wheelbarrow. That was that was amazing. I was, <laughs> you know, being on enemy territory, and it was the first, you know, that first the onside kick, right. And the, yep. well, first we scored, and and I just laughed, right? Because I didn't, I, I cheered. I was like, yeah. And then I just started laughing because I was like, I don't want to get someone pissed, right? I know it's you know, and I'm, I was literally kind of standing by myself at the uh, at the back of the section, so I just was laughing. And, and and the lady next to me was like, oh my gosh, I was like, don't worry, this is the Lions, seen this before, <laughs> right? Don't worry. <laughs> and uh, so they We're come so up, conditioned. and then they kicked the onside kick and got it back, and I started laughing again so loud this happened a couple times and I started to realize, I think they think I'm laughing at them. Right. <laughs> so I had to oh, laughing, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I'd hear there, I would cheer for, for Stafford and a good play. And I would like, just like mm-hmm. the lady next to me was, was chattering. So I'd like, make sure people, Oh yeah, don't worry. He makes, you know, I was just, I was just like trying to be a little bit balanced as well. Not that, that jerk fan. Cause it, the, the thing that in the end, people were so wonderful there. I was, I was stunned. It, I was absolutely stunned. I, you know, I was glad Every time of the last five or six times I've gone back to L.A., I was super, super happy that I that I moved away. 
this is the first time that I went back and I was like, oh, I miss it a little bit. I, it, it was wow. it was a really really good trip with great people good. and the game was and the, the whole thing was great so great That's coaching awesome. love what we saw out of Dan people I don't know right now and let me ask you we've heard oh it wasn't aggressive enough oh he's too aggressive then we see this right yeah. this could easily be the hey he's too aggressive but it worked so we're gonna ride the train and just kind of let it go and not complain about it. What do you think, Riz? Was this just good coaching, or was this just we're on crazy train and we're riding it over the hill? I think he wanted to make a statement that he was not conceding the fact that they were sixteen and a half point underdogs that they're still playing to win because there had been some talk, um, not loud talk, but there was talk that was out there. Like, I don't know if they're really trying that hard to win. You know, maybe they're just trying to you know see what they got in the young players and get through this season. No, that was proof positive that this team is trying to win games and they're darn close. They were closer than that final score indicated. Yeah. I liked the aggression. I liked, I loved going for the second fake punt. Oh. Uh, who's, who's, who's going to, who's going to fake the punt twice in the same game? Crazy um, Dan Campbell. I, I, that's who. <laughs> I love that he, he did it after the onside kick too, because that, that showed, okay, we're not just wasting this onside kick. We're going to get something out of it. Yeah. And I thought that was important. I think that's a message to his players that I'm not just doing this for show. We're really trying to accomplish something here. And I thought that that was a, an important statement. And I think the broader NFL audience picked that up. Like th- there's been some questions. You know, there's always the questions about Dan Campbell, you know, oh, he's a meathead. He wants to eat my kneecaps. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. There's a lot of that out <laughs> there. Yeah. There's yeah. less of it now. And there's a lot less of it this week. Um, and, and we saw it, uh, the reaction on Monday, uh, the, the talk shows uh, and, and the columns were like, he's a mad genius. Like, holy crap, <laughs> Detroit has something here. Yeah. This is something to be proud of. Like PFF talked about it. Uh, Good Morning Football talked about it extensively. Um, the Ringer talked about it. So it's not just like our Lion Land bubble. Like the rest of the NFL is catching on that like, they, they got a good coach here. Even they don't have the talent yet, but he's going to get them there. And there's a lot more national confidence in the Detroit Lions right now than there was 10 days ago. Absolutely. And that makes me happy. And even the local L.A. Um, uh, news media. I was just going to ask you, what, what was the reaction like from the Sam Farmers of the world and, and the, the Los Angeles? Because Los Angelinos, I don't have to tell you this, they don't really care about their own team. Like the, no. the people who are fans there are fans of other teams who have moved there or they're like, right. Oh, I got tickets. There might be somebody famous at the game. Let's go. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's my, I, I actually haven't been to a game in LA. Uh, I haven't been to Los Angeles since 1999. So I, maybe I'm speaking out of turn there, but you can correct me on that. No, no. It's, I mean, my favorite story is when I moved to LA in 2000, January, 2007, uh, that spring, the Anaheim ducks won their very, very first Stanley cup ever and you know coming from hockey town i was like oh this is big news and it was like the seventh story on sports after women's high ally right it was like they, yeah. they, they didn't care they didn't care no there was like i'm like we're flipping cars in the streets right on our fifth cup what's going on here what's 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 the deal and 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 and, and they were every just, couch is on fire yeah, <laughs> yeah it was like cedar fest right <laughs> throw back for you <laughs> um it was it was it was huge. It was it was huge, right? And nothing, nothing there. Not a peep. You didn't see anything. And I was like, wow, that is so weird to me. It was a, a huge juxtaposition. They love their teams when they're winning. They ignore them. They don't exist. It part of it is because there's always 
something to do, not just inside, yeah. but outside. The weather's always great, right? I mean, you get 300 and some th- days of sun a year. You can go hiking. You can go to the, you know, to the beach. You can go to the mountains. You can do any one of these things all the time. So it better be an interesting sports team and an interesting sport to keep you busy and to draw fans in. And uh, I think that's why, you know, uh, Herbert is the thing that's saving the Chargers right now. Moving the Chargers with, to L.A., I think was a terrible mistake, and he's kind of saving their bacon on that decision because I think they would be absolutely broke and irrelevant without without some kind of. Uh, and, and we know that that's a temporary status with them. Like we've seen this, like when the Clippers rose up, uh, yeah. when they when they had Kawhi, when they first got really good, yeah. um, and they're like, oh, they might win a playoff series this year. Oh, there's a thirty percent attendance. Like tickets are on sale for five bucks outside the stadium. Yep. Yep, that's exactly. that's that's Los Angeles, man. That's that's it's a, it, Los Angeles isn't the only Atlanta is like that, too. But Los Angeles is really like the capital of sports apathy. And that's yeah. that's disappointing because that stadium, again, I cannot wait to see it. I want to see that one. And I want to see the one in Atlanta. I haven't been there yet either. Um, I, I have I have been in the in the immediate presence of the Los Angeles or the Las Vegas stadium. I haven't been in there yet. Ooh, yeah, uh, I will yeah. remedy that soon as well. That place looks incredible too. I went by that um, one too. <laughs> one one of the things. So, so one of the things, and I, I got this from somebody, um, a, a Lions fan um, who doesn't want to be named, uh, but he went to the game there. He, he goes to just about every game. And he said that one of the experiences that he's had is that it makes Ford field look really antiquated and small compared to some of the other new stadiums that he's been to. And I wonder if, because you've been to Ford Field recently, did you get that impression that like, God, the Lions need a new stadium? That we had, oh, we had this conversation. And I have to do a shout out. Uh, went with Sandman, who's, you know, the greatest dude, right? You know, he's the absolutely, he's the absolute oh, yeah. best. Thank you, Andy. Love you, man. Um, and also his friends, Eric and Ryan, and then Eric's girlfriend. Um, <clears throat> I'd call Ryan my friend now. I've, I've, I've hung with him a couple of times. Um, but Eric, Eric's check this out. Here's how cool these guys are, right? Eric's girl. We, we, we all jumped in the car and you know, like I'm a, I'm a big fella. I got some broad shoulders and, and other yeah. stuff. Um, they would show up in a, in a grand Cherokee and they give me the front seat. I'm like, no, really? I can't. No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They show me. They're just being nice. Right. And I was that's, like, that's cool. Thanks dudes. In the back was Ryan Sandman and, uh, and uh, Eric's wife, Eric was driving. Um, we were about five miles from SoFi. We zip, 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 zipped into the 7-Eleven across the street from SoFi, dropped us off. Eric's girlfriend drove the car back, took it back home. We all went in. We got dropped off at the front door of the stadium, right? When we get done, we wow. walk out, walk out in a couple blocks into the neighborhood. She's got the car there waiting for us. We pile in, get out of there before traffic. It was, I was literally home. That's incredible. Before <laughs> the eight o'clock game. I, I, I saw the kickoff wow. of the late game having left SoFi. It was incredible. Super cool people. So first off, that That's was awesome, awesome. right? Very good. But uh, I see Hodges talking about how great the folks were in the fans. I would say in the stands, there's about 35% of the people in the stands were Lions fans. And there was that, that's the ratio that I got from my friend, too. He's like, my section was more Lions than Rams, but the section to my right was almost entirely Rams. Yep. Yep. So, and I think that was sort of the way that it, it spaced out around the stadium. Got some really good Let's Go Lions chants going. I was impressed. I mean, and again, I was more of a. I don't want to say I was a reporter, but I, that's the kind of role I took. I was just like watching and taking everything in rather than participating in all the yeah. all the stuff. Saw um, Colin there. I saw a bunch of people. Colin, by the way, met the St. Brown family. Ooh, 
uh, they're going to be at his house for um, for dinner before the, the Packers game. But we may we may have Amon Ra joining us for the 24 hour broadcast as well. That so would know. be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Colin is the man. Uh, aside from the fact that he and I share a birthday, uh, he is just the, like the greatest dude. I, I love hanging out with him. I wish yeah. I got to spend more time with him. So I'm a little jealous because uh, he's great. He, he's, he, so he's a great dude. He's a good looking dude. His wife's a very good looking lady. She was there. Too. Um, they're newlyweds. So yeah, um, congratulations again to them. So yeah, yeah. that's cool. So it's they awesome. were cool. It was awesome. Uh, but walking out with Ryan and Eric and, um, and Sandman and I, uh, Ryan brought up, it's like, man, I feel like the Lions really need a new stadium, but we're going to have to like wait 20 years. And we we're talking yeah. about it. And I was like, you know, Ford Field is the most modern of the old style stadiums, if that makes sense. Like we waited to the last minute to build the most recent house in the neighborhood. And then right next door, they started building a new neighborhood with new houses, with bigger closets and better kitchens and all the other, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's exactly what happened. And it's like, oh, man. And See, we that's. Are. I, I got that impression from from going um, Houston, I believe, was the next stadium that opened. Houston and Cleveland both did right at about the same time. And the Cleveland Stadium is not as nice as Ford Field. It's it's nice, but it's an outdoor stadium. It's mm-hmm. it's literally in Lake Erie, um, <laughs> and it's it's just not as as comfortable. And it's not as like the the way that they've done the concourses in Ford Field is fantastic. I love it. I think it's a great fan experience. Oh, yeah. But you don't it's like I, I, I walked it. I, I, my last the last stadium I had been in was Reliant in Houston. And I'm like, that place is like a palace compared to this. Like, <laughs> And it was only built like two years later. It's like, man, you know, and, and I, I, I've been in some I've been in the stadium in Nashville. Um, I toured it. A newer stadium that that place that's that's a pretty sweet place too. Yep. I know that Levi's I know that they have some flaws with what they did in Santa Clara. But the fans that like don't have to sit in the sun um, or the monsoon as it was this past weekend, um, they really enjoy it too. The fan experience there, and I'm, I'm I can't help but think like Ford Fields. I think it's the 21st yeah. oldest stadium, something like that. Oh. Like God, is is this a conversation we're going to have to have at some point? Yeah. Hopefully not in the next five years or so. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm torn. Right? If you could give me SoFi. So so here's one of the things. Right? Oh yeah, Minnesota's by the way. Minnesota's. I've been there. Yeah. What a palace that place is. That is a spectacular stadium. And now Chicago's moving out to Arlington Heights to the old raceway. They're going to get a brand new stadium. Sounds like it's going to be a retractable dome, which is really sweet. I, I'll tell you. I, I, ah, I, like, I like Ford Field. It's great. It's 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 a wonderful location. It's a good stadium. It's a great fan experience. But when everybody sees all these other stadiums, are they going to get tired of it? Are they going to want something better? I, I I don't I don't know where that goes with it. But that's yeah. that's a tangent for another day. And you got to wonder but, about the population size in Detroit. Can you support a new stadium and the cost associated with it? I don't even know if they're done paying for Ford Field. To be honest with you. I, I don't know. Because, I, I do know that the San Antonio as a metro area now has more people than D- Detroit does, and they don't have a stadium. Or, yeah. or they have a they well, they would need a new stadium too because the Alamo Dome sucks. I've been there for bowl games and I've been there for basketball game. It's not a good place. It's it's not as good as Ford Field for football. But uh, they are, there's remember the Saints were like that close to moving yeah. to San Antonio yeah. after Katrina. They're still lobbying hard to get one. Um, the Lions, obviously not for sale, not looking to move anytime soon, but long term, there's going to be some conversations about this at some point. Yeah. But that's again, that, that that's for that's for longer down the road. I was just wondering if that popped up for you guys while you're there. Like, oh, wow, this this sort of makes Ford Field look. Eh. 
So I got some. I got some pictures. I'll share. I'll share. It doesn't make Ford Field look. Yeah, it's okay, just good. that much better. If I if if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, um, I get that. The the one of the things that I love. Right. I I in as I I didn't used to bother me, but as I get older, I I don't want to call it claustrophobic, but like crowds of people that are that are pushed together. Mm-hmm. I just I get like really heightened awareness. I get like hyper vigilant, and and I just I don't like feeling like crowded in with too many people right i used to be i used to run mosh pits all the time and go friggin' nuts at blondies right in detroit i mean we used to go crazy and do all kinds of you know it never bothered me and now i am like eh, this hyper vigilance thing is taking over and and that, that's sort of the culture we live in too with you know some people wearing masks some people not wearing masks are you vaxxed or all that stuff that that's and, and especially in los angeles where that's a bigger issue than it is in a lot of places too well yeah, so I, I, I get almost <laughs> like you had to wear masks and show you're you're vaccinated to get in you get into the stadium it's up and everything the game's on if you look at the shots of the crowd i'd probably say maybe 10 percent were wearing masks once the game started it was yeah. all it was all done with us but the thing about it is is i never either coming in or leaving after the game, which is, of course, when you get the most throngs, I never felt crowded in. I never felt like That's that, cool. that push of people, right? And, and, of course, you get the extreme. I remember you mooing as loud as everybody else at uh, coming out of Joe Lewis after a hockey game going down the tubes, right? And you're all just like this mass of shoulder-to-shoulder people. Yeah. Um, who's grabbing my ass? You're trying to get my girls, right? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you got the wrong one, buddy. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was you know, there's that versus this. I was never, ever, like... I don't want to say I wasn't impeded because it was like you you move with the crowd, right? But it wasn't ever like a sweaty, close, tight either space. There was all kinds of space to breathe. That the the, the stadium being open, there was airflow through there from the outside. It was absolutely just wonderful. I mean, the weather was perfect that's, for it that day and everything, right? So it, it certainly helped. That's but, fantastic. I, I'm I'm insanely jealous of you now, and I'm not somebody that normally goes to football games. I do, I prefer to work from home. It's a lot easier for me to just do my thing there. Sure, sure. Um, I, I I'm kind of sad that I missed this trip. And, and Mike Mike Payton went, um, and I talked to Mike a little bit. He's like, dude, you had to go. This was this was incredible. So uh, yep. um, good good for him for going. Um, good for good for y'all to, to enjoy it, man. That's. So so let me, let me kick up some really quick some slides. I got some pictures. Yeah, I was just going to say, can you, can you show because you showed me a couple beforehand and uh, the, the fact that it's open, but it doesn't really look open. Um, that's something else to me because I've been in Jerry World in, in, in Dallas or wherever. The, wherever the, I think it's in Arlington. Yeah. And like it's it's enclosed, but you still get the sun glare through that one window. Like we, we went to the Michigan Alabama football game there. Uh, was it 2012? I want to say, mm-hmm. um, and we we literally could not see the field in the first quarter because the sun was literally in our face. And I, I assume that SoFi doesn't have that problem. No, no, it was <laughs> it was very very nice. Uh, okay, so um, let me get into it. I'll get some uh, really quick. Let me get the uh, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com before we do that. Don't forget, all your pain, anxiety, and insomnia can be taken care of with CBD. Whether it's a regular CBD, Delta 8, Delta 10, or active CBD, head over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Take care of head. First, take care of head is the, is the key thing, as they say from Sublime. Hard work Sublime fine. tells Hard us. Work. Yeah. Um, Get, get over there. It's great stuff. Uh, Delta 8 is has been uh, kind of pushed back as you get a high off of it. Uh, many states. But the active oh. CBD gives you the same feeling as the Delta 8. 
but it's legal. How about that? They found a way around. So head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get yourself some of the tasty good stuff and uh, take care of yourself. They're a great sponsor and they're helping us with St. Jude. So the more you guys head over there and take care of yourself, we appreciate it. All right. Let's get into it. I got some pictures of Sofi. This place is really, really something. Let me get the, this one here. So this is, as you can see, the main entry gate. And sorry for the folks on the audio version of the podcast. Just kind of close your eyes and imagine along or come to about the uh, 20. It, it, it looks honestly like, like a Roman ruin brought back to life. It does. It does. Um, with glass top. <laughs> with a sunroof. Roman with ruins with a sunroof. With a sunroof. <laughs> T-tops. Yep. yep. Translate with T-tops. The so way to go. it's right. That's that's wide open. If you If you could fly a drone from the parking lot, you could fly a drone right into the game. Right. This is wow. all open right into the stadium from here into the the, the the you can just peek the screen, I think, there as well, hanging um, above the to the right of that tree in the middle. Um, this is just the entryway, right? This is right where you walk in. The gates are to the right. This is where the most people were, but they were lined up because the gates hadn't opened yet. And uh, so I snapped that. I'll get another one here. Sam Ann and Eric, Eric, the ultimate, who uh, drove and had his girlfriend drive. It was really awesome. So they are each wearing Jared Goff jerseys. This is great story so wow sandman uh eric was he lives in la and when the rams came and then they drafted jared goff sandman sent a goff jersey to eric immediately and laughed right <laughs> yeah jared goff <laughs> like totally like giving him a hard time right that, i can see andy doing that. oh yeah oh yeah so he winds up with the goff jersey Fast forward within hours of the announcement of golf to the Lions trade being announced. Andy gets a tracking number with his golf jersey. <laughs> Eric sent him. So That's they both are aware of, right? Um, we kind of came up with the idea at the game that they cut them in half and sew them together so they could each have half of the half of the, of the, the jerseys for some fun. But uh, there you were. Eric was just That's absolutely awesome. And I, cool. I am envious of his hair. I started actually. He, he's got some bit. flow, man. Yeah. Wow. I started. I started my back into the mullet going back here. I got a little. Oh bit no! Nah. So we'll see. That's I want. Your wife really doesn't want to see that. Oh, she's she's down. She's down. I mean, well, she shakes her head, but whatever. All right. <laughs> this is uh, once you get through the ticket booth. Uh, we were up in the on the fourth level, so we went, had to go up these. There's trees seat. inside. Yeah, there's small trees and regular trees. Um, this is this is walking up to the escalator. This is inside the gate inside the stadium. It's wide open like this, right? It's just, just incredible. You feel like you're outside still, but you're inside. And even when you're in the inside, inside at the stands, you still feel the outside of it. So it's really, really nice. Um, move forward. So this is the first view. You can just see the screen. The screen is as incredible as you've heard or even mm-hmm. maybe more so. Um, on the right, you'll see that is, I believe, concession. The concession stands were set up awesome. Absolutely. You could get to them from all four sides. There wasn't tables there to like grab a seat, but I don't think you would normally. But before the game, maybe you would want to. But it was just wide open, like you see there, right? Just That's wide cool. open space and a concession stand in the middle. And, you know, the bathrooms were over there, but everything was very open. And then you get to that point and it was easily accessible in, out, easy traffic flow, the whole thing, nothing holding you up. It was absolutely fantabulous. So you come up and you're walking. You can just see there in the middle where it says SoFi Stadium. Mm-hmm. You can see the screen and then you come through and here's a, a shot of the from the end zone. You see wow. the screen hanging there. Uh, they get us from the end zones. They get a smaller version of the screen. So uh, then, don't, you, you know, you don't get to see as, as big as you do from the, the, the sidelines. But still, it's a great. Yeah. it's bigger than the Lions screens. Right. Where it says SoFi Stadium on the bottom half of that screen. That's mm-hmm. all speakers. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So there was never a problem hearing anything other than the, the actually the, the, the hardest thing to hear was the, the referees making their announcements. The DJ, the music, the other stuff was literally crystal clear right in your ears throughout the whole game. Very well done on the sound. And it was it was it was almost at times a little bit too loud. I know you care very much about sound quality, so that's that's a ringing endorsement from Chris right there. <laughs> you can say I'm a bitch. It's fine. <laughs> you said it. I won't argue. <laughs> All right, moving over. This is a shot. Um, this is uh, you can see so Eric your down in the bottom left. Eric is down in the seats. So we're right up on the glass. Now, here's what I had a little bit of a problem with, right? And okay. and this is the only downside that I found from from the the um from the stadium so right in front of everyone sitting at the very very front there's just a short sheet of glass it's barely waist high right and you can see through it so it doesn't obstruct your view like sometimes a railing might or whatever but the problem is there's nothing to really grab on and you get a sense it's it's really really thin okay from Mm -hmm. the seat to the glass there's not really like sometimes you get like a little extra walkway there or whatever yeah nothing like that so i walked it because i was right where uh, Ryan sitting to the left of Eric there at the far bottom or the far right, sorry, the far left of that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also got a little bit of a flow going on uh, and a hat. That was the so seat that I tried out, right? Yeah. And uh, his feet are right up in the glass and you can see his heels are on the uh, the, the, the cement yep, there. Yep, I see that. There's literally from my toe to my heel space from the cement piece there to the front of the seat. Now oh, me, wow. that's 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 pretty small. Like I've I've been in the front, so I've been at LCA Little Caesars, yep. and the in the top. The I, I love my favorite seats for basketball and hockey are the front row of the upper bowl, right? Um, and and in Little Caesars, there's there's not a lot of room. It's maybe I don't know three feet, not a lot to get through there. Um, like like I have to stretch my legs out. I can reach them, but I can't like have it up there. Like I can, I can rest the bottom up, like flex my foot up on it, but yeah. not. I couldn't get it up like that. And I'm, I'm a big dude, so yeah, yeah. That's so that's that's not a lot of space. I got four, I got size fourteen feet. You can send your messages. Same here, podcast ladies. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> um, getting your feet from one end because at the end where at the left side is there's a glass wall that goes up. So the the only way to get in and out is on the right side there, where the guy with the Stafford jersey's right shoulder is. That's the aisle. Mm-hmm. So you have to cross in front of all those people sitting there with no room. If you like me, right, you've got some some width, you've got some big yeah. feet. You're gonna be standing, stepping on people like to get in and out. Now the other part, I sat down in the seat. I tried out. Like I said, we were there early, so we had nobody down there to to, to bother us or whatever be in the way. I sat down. The other side thing is is there's a little bit of distortion from the glass, right, because of the angle you're looking at it through. And it's, yeah. a, it's a little bit vertigo inducing. It gets a little bit like, ooh, ooh. right? And and I'm okay. I'm susceptible. I'm not a big fan of heights or whatever. Yeah. I just found it really uncomfortable down there in the in that okay. front row seat. And the, the other seats, like the 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 rows back, were cool. So you know, I, I sat in those when they'd open up or whatever. But I wound up not sitting in the seat and leaving those guys some extra space. I didn't want to crunch them out anyway, right? But so I left them some extra space, let them enjoy it. And where I took this picture from, behind all the rows, there's like a little counter. It's about a foot and a half deep. And it's like, okay. you know, it's counter height, whatever. And I just leaned on that and watched the game from there all day. And this is my view, right? I mean, I could completely see it was perfectly unobstructed. It was absolutely fabulous. It was it was a great way to watch the game. Like I said, the other side of it is is because it's just that thin glass, 
and 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 that those stairs there are steep enough. If you remember the upper bowl at the uh, Super uh, Silver Dome, right? You start coming down, you start getting speed. You wonder, am I going to hit that and go over the railing at the bottom? This glass, yeah. it's not going to catch you. Like I don't, I'm waiting. That's I think that's going to get changed. I honestly do. I think that there's probably a safety issue there for for whatever. And and Andy said he'd probably rather have a railing there too because of the distortion of the glass. At least you can kind of look through the railing to see down below. But I think it needs to be like another half foot or foot taller to give you the confidence to be able to walk up and down and not think you're going to get tripped to fall over, especially with drunk football fans. It's just going to be something's going to yeah. happen. Oh, yeah. Imagine that at a Raiders game where everybody's liquored up or mm-hmm. in Philadelphia where everybody's trying to fight all the time yep. with the, with people who root for the same team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So it's, that was the only thing. Now, here – you can look at, and this is, I'm going to go into how does a game in a stadium get called uh, delayed for lightning, right? And so this right. is to the left side here. This is the edge. The whole right side that you don't see here on the stadium is covered, right? It's 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 that outside inside thing that I talked about and showed earlier. This is the end of the covering at this end zone. I'll zoom in a little bit here. This is wide open. So, and, and you can see where those, how high those seats and like on the right side of that picture, it goes all the way up to the ceiling. It goes all the way up they'll see and, and it's like that all the way around so the, it is super tall i mean where we sat it feels like the seats in ford field could be inside the 400 section if that makes wow. sense to you, you it feels like you could yeah. fit the whole uh, field that's and crazy. In there. yeah so wow. it goes all the way up there so right there that's wide open to the outside right there there is nothing from the edge of that roof so those are the people that were in danger potentially from lightning and that's how you can get a game called uh, for lightning, even though it's in a domed stadium. But again, that it, that happens, what, 10 times a year in Los Angeles? You get thunderstorms? I heard lightning in 12 years of living there. I think I heard lightning three times. There's wow. nothing. Uh, thunder, sorry. There's nothing yeah, I miss yes. more than a good thunderstorm uh, after moving from the Midwest to, to L.A. Uh, we had them here in Michigan on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I moved, you moved to Florida. You get them crazy, right? <laughs> yes. You get them every day um, when, when we were in Florida. It, 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 they had a storm. It, we were there for 11 days. It rained every single day for like half an hour, <laughs> except for the one day we went to Universal Studios where it rained for like eight hours. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. So here's here's the, uh, the, the screen. Right, so, I have a so, video of the screen and a little bit better. Go ahead. So that that scoreboard there, um, I'm I'm just looking at it and, and comparing it to what I experienced in Jerry World, which is it's, it, that's an incredible screen. This looks like it has a higher resolution on it, eighty from, million from pixels, see. the most in the NFL. They wow. bragged about it on the screen itself. <laughs> eighty million. So that thing is probably what sixty yards, seventy yards across, maybe. Uh, it's a hundred yards. It's a, it fills the entire it field. Fills the entire field. Oh Absolutely. my goodness! Like it would it, shut off. That's and, insane. Yeah, and they, I forget how many tons they said it, it weighed. It was a t- it was a lot. And I'm just thinking, wow, we have wow. earthquakes here, right? I mean, is that really secured at the point? I mean, obviously, the one thing I'll tell you about California is their building codes are like over the top, strong yeah. and qu- high, 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 high quality. I wish they had that here. <laughs> I bought my house, um, but. <laughs> either way, either way, uh, I, I'm certain that they've they've got that engineered appropriately and, and in good shape. Uh-huh. So it, it, it is hanging from the roof, right? Yeah, those those posts okay. that's vertically standing up are what's holding it. It's mounted to those. Wow. Yeah, I just don't trust physics that much. So I know, I know. I'd be a little, I'd be a little scared to play into that, to be honest with you. <laughs> a little bit. So that's maybe why they were looking up in awe from on the field. <laughs> 
I'll tell you just really quick, and and I have a video of this, um, the, exactly this point on the um, the scoreboard. So we'll just kind of, I'm going to orient you now. With okay. The, in the middle, you see the piece with the field. Uh, they're actually doing a review at this point. Okay, so they're showing okay. the play on this on the little screen in the middle. On the right side, they've got a camera on Dan Campbell. On the left side, they got the camera on Sean McVay. On the far left, it's the score of the game, and then underneath it, it says official review. On the far right side, it says official review, and uh, it says review under in progress or underway. And then, or, no, sorry, it says call in the field, and it says interception. So you have every piece of information about the game and what's going on right there. Now, one thing to know is if you're in the lower floor of the stadium, you're seeing the this same picture on the inside of the far side of the screen. So you can That's still see cool. all the every. So it, the it's, it's two weighed, two yeah. sided. Yes, it's, yeah. it's inside and outside. It has all that wow. stuff on it. It's really crazy. Wow. I'm telling you, this is an amazing play. So. That's it. I'll get it to a video of that in a little bit. But I have to end, of course. Went to In N Out Burger, had the great double double, animal fries, and I just wanted a real quick note about In N Out to Wisco. Suck it, buddy. All right. <laughs> it's just a Slack chat thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> So from there, I'm going to go. The most intelligent lion's chat and also the most intelligent food chat (laughs) most of the time. Um, I'm going to pull up the the screen review. There's going to be some audio here. It's the the, the audio from the the stadium itself. But you can watch it how in the middle you see the play. It paused at the end when I caught it in the video. But you'll see how they they work this right That's crazy. Incredible. It's incredible. It's it's and the video doesn't do it justice. I, I shoot. I think I shoot. I'm shooting in raw and I haven't color graded or anything with it. So it looks a little bit washed out. I apologize. But there you go. There you guys go. So um, that's that, so far. I'm, incredible. I'm very envious that you got to go. I'm very happy for you all that you got to, to see that. And that that's the, the stadium experience there. Like that's that's primo, man. So that's, there's that's really cool. One other thing, and it was so great. The night, the day before, I got to see one of my old friends, and uh, we went down to Hollywood and hung out, had some beers. Um, it was it was freaking fabulous. We were sitting there. I was at a place called the Naughty Pig, and uh, it was a sports bar. And and MMA started at ten thirty a.m. West Coast time, and it's like he's he he watches, I watch it. So we just went to this sports bar and hung out, and watched it. Um, had a cigar outside right while it was going on, but it was a great place. What stunned me, and I and I hadn't put two and two together until I was there and I saw it. You, you heard me listen to Miley Crew when we got together for the call. Yes, night. I knew it in one note. By the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right next door, literally right next door, was the Body Shop. The impetus for oh. the song "Girls, Girls, Girls." Right, <laughs> Body Shop in the Marble Arch. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so there you go. We were right there. It was a great time. It was it was absolutely, wow. absolutely fabulous. I'm. I'm it's it's the the one time I've been back that made me really really miss it, and to see um, that stadium and how great it is, I'm really happy for the Rams fans. The Rams fans themselves were awesome. I had the best experience, better than many experiences at Ford Field as, as a home crowd really? person, as an away person at SoFi. 
met some really cool Rams fans, talked, had fun. They were all pleasant. Good. I mean, you heard this. I mean, the folks that have listened for a while when I went to the the one uh, game in uh, in Ford Field and the the the, the one guy wanted to hit me. Oh, he hit me. And uh, I, I about murder. I, 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 I literally I could have murdered him. I, I mean, I really could have murdered him. Right. I mean, it's, it's just no, there's no breathe in, no question. Breathe out, yep. Find your Quan. And and I did. I did. And Good. and I let him go. And the guy behind me said, I, 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 I wouldn't have been able to. I wouldn't have been able to hold on to my hands. So I was like, I, I just it was Thanksgiving. My mom, my niece, my son, my wife were all there. And I was like, I just don't want to spend the night in Wayne County Jail. <laughs> so, yeah, breathe, breathe, breathe. Good call. So, Good call. Great time. Yeah. Absolutely. If you ever get a chance to go to SoFi for any reason, do it. I want to tell you, it is spectacular. All right. With that, um, I want to talk about the Diamond CBD Injury Report, cbd.detroitlinespodcast.com. We have one guy, and it was impactful on this game, and it could have been the difference in it, this game. I don't want to put it on one guy. I don't want to just make one guy the dog, right? I don't like to. The, but the, the game absolutely changed tenor when he left. Yes. Like immediately. So AJ Parker went down. Ouchies. He did. Ouchies. He was out and we brought in Daryl Worley, who had just signed right that week. He had been signed. He was uh, up from the practice squad. He had been signed a couple weeks earlier. Um, he was a veteran who was unemployed. They signed him to the practice squad. They signed him up. Yeah, he was he was he was signed to the active roster because somebody else got hurt. And uh he was he was there and uh played 17 snaps and uh gave up a touchdown and gave up two other completions on it. Yep. Uh, there was initially a thing out there that he gave up seven receptions on his 17 plays. That's not correct. He gave up four. Um, on four targets on 17 plays. But we all know Matthew Stafford. One of the things that he's always been good at is that when, when they bring a, a reserve in, he's going at him. He's, he's going he's gonna to poke that bear and see if that bear has any claws or not. And uh, Daryl Worley did not. No teeth, no <laughs> claws, and some soft little paws. Um, it was... Yeah, it was it was it was tough. He got eaten alive. Stafford just destroyed him and uh, did, as you said, change the tenor of the game. That was a game. And I don't again, I don't want to beat on what the only time I don't say the only time, but the one person I'm always good about kicking their tail on and giving them hell is Eric Ebron. But um, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to beat up Daryl. I mean, he was he was put in a tough situation. He did. I mean, wind up being the difference, I think, in, in that game. He's um, he's well, I mean, just just the route that he took on the on the simple drag across. You know, the, it was I've, it was Cooper Cup, wasn't it? Who caught that last touchdown? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just running across the formation. And Worley, like he's, he's in trail you know, uh, going he doesn't go under the linebackers. He goes around them to the outside. Like you're not that fast. Right. You know, <laughs> it, it was so easy and it was so easy to see that that's what they were going to do. It didn't help that neither safety that was on the field at the time picked up that that's what they were going to do. Uh, they trusted Worley to get the job done because AJ Parker had been doing a pretty good job in that game. I won't say he was perfect, but he'd been okay. Yeah. He'd been perfectly acceptable to that point. Um, did it, in the stadium, did it feel like that to you? Like, like, oh crap! Like Worley's in now, and we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> it, it was harder to tell, and I'll tell you, this is one of the things I saw this at the Naughty Pig. It was a Samsung ad in the bathroom, but it was, hey, people like to go to the game and say they saw the game, but let's be honest, they could be in the bathroom, they could be at the concession stand, they could be talking to their friend. 
Yeah. But when you're in TV, you see it in glorious 4K, you know you're seeing it. They're not certain that they're seeing it, right? And it was kind right. of a, like, hey, buy a Samsung and really see the game, right? And I was like, okay, yeah. I get it. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. But there is something to be said if you're not sitting in the press box, like focused on the game rather than conversation mm-hmm. and, and the social aspect of the game and the people and all that and the beautiful stadium. You don't see it all. So I personally didn't feel the change. I didn't see okay. I just felt, I mean, I saw the game change, but I've seen yeah. games change in the Lions so many times that I kind of expected it. You know, that's kind of built into you as a Lions follower. Um, yeah. So it wasn't necessarily attributable to him until later rewatch. <laughs> yeah. But he did not fare well in the rewatch and he actually got cut. <laughs> yeah. 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 But he, he got home and they said, you can just keep going home and don't need to come back here. Absolutely. Although, Though they did re-sign him today to the practice squad. Yeah, because what's the depth, right? I mean, so yeah. much trouble but there. So so we got into this because we're talking about A.J. Parker, who was injured during the game. Yep. And he was a limited participant in practice today with a neck injury cited. That's really good. If you've got a neck injury and you're already pl- practicing in the first practice for the coming week, that's a really good sign that, that – but he might, he will be, he'll probably be listed as questionable this week. He may or may not play. I don't know on that. But the fact that he's not going to be out with the neck injury tells you that it's not a serious injury. It's not something that's going to be long term. He's not going to go on IR or anything like that. And that is very good news because the Lions need him. Yeah. No, because absolutely they do. We don't want to call Daryl Worley up again. Well, and we don't really want to play like Nickel Rope. So Nickel Roby Coleman is the obvious answer for it. He's on the practice squad. He's a former Eagle. We're playing the Eagles this week. Right. Uh he was not good in the summer. You you saw it in, in training camp. It was like did 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 he did he is he playing with a broken foot or something? Because he looks really slow. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the, the trial this week. We'll see. I don't know. That's uh, but that so the good thing today to to go back to the injury report. Every player was at least a limited participant. There was nobody who sat it out. Jason Cabinda was a full participant after he missed last Sunday with the hip injury. So uh, that was that was very good. You guys want to have some fun? They're, they're, the, they're getting healthier. Yes, yes. There's a cat running around. He hit the super chat and make the little lights go up. You'll probably see him jumping up the closet door behind me. Um, <laughs> they go nuts on that super chat, like disco ball. Um, so, yeah. Let's do love ball. Um, AJ Parker. I want to talk about him really quick because another kind of youth movement guy who started out, I mean, he started out and didn't play as great as he wanted to early. He's come back. He's really stepped it up and has been part of a secondary that is literally, what do we have? Tracy Walker and Amani Arawari are the, and, and Will Harris um, yeah. are like the only guys that were played week one. Yes. Jerry, how- Jerry, Jerry was a healthy scratch and AJ played. Uh, but he didn't start in the slot. So think about this. Three guys we got from our original secondary, this, and we're this deep into the, that we're pulling Worley up, right? We're this deep. And they held the Rams and Matthew Stafford to, to you know, under less than, less than winning. They kept a lead over. The, they held them in check. That's the word I'm looking for. Held Stafford and the Rams in check through the fourth quarter, through the injury. They had, they had 17 points going into the fourth quarter. Think That's of, impressive. Think about what that is for a guy, a group of guys like that against Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Woods. I mean, Higby, right? I mean, that is a balanced, massive attack. And these guys 
These guys, these young guys came up, stepped up, and held them down. This bodes well. I'll keep beating the table over about this. This opportunity that the Lions have to grow and develop young talent that otherwise wouldn't even get a chance at the light of day may well be one of the best bad things to ever happen to a football team, at least this football team in in the modern era. And again, that's one of the reasons why there was a lot of fans that were upset that they didn't go out and sign a veteran stopgap like Houston did, like Miami did, like the Jets did at a lot of spots. They committed to the youth movement, and they're still committed to it. They, they called up Jalen Elliott this past week and benched Dean Marlowe. He was a, he was a healthy scratch for the game. They they promoted uh, Jalen Elliott and said it as the third safety. Yeah. A, a team that's trying to win, a team that's trying to you know, a, a coach that's worried about oh, am I going to look bad for doing this because you know there's a veteran on the team? But am I going to lose him? Dan Campbell doesn't worry about that. That's. That, that, that's that's critically important, the fact that he's allowed to do that and has the security and the feeling that it's okay for me to do this yep. um, and, and live with the young guys getting their lumps. Like Jerry, Jerry had a Jerry had his lumps in that game. It was not his best game. He gave up that, that touchdown pass and he gave it to Van Jefferson. Oh, Sam. <laughs> hey, <man>. there we go. <laughs> Thank you, Sam, man. You're the best. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm thrilled that they're doing – Again, and, and, and with the trade deadline coming up, a lot of fans are going to be like, "Oh, we can go get you know player X or player Y." Well, they're in the last year of their contract; they're thirty-two years old. They don't want to come to Detroit, and Detroit has no use for them. They're not coming back. Why give up an asset to do that? Why now, put why why put a developmental player, a player that can grow and get better, on the bench? to put a guy that you're not going to see next year on the field. Why would you do that? Exactly. Yeah, there, there's there, there's no reason to do that. And you will see teams do that in the next week and a half. Agent. And it's going to be frustrating. And and one of them is going to be one of them's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers who are in last place and not getting out of it. And that's they're going to they're going to flounder trying to save their season with a bunch of old dudes and it isn't going to work and it's going to set them back that much further behind the rest of the AFC North, which is the best division in football outside of the NFC West. Uh, and, and, and it's not, it's not going to work for them and it's going to cost them their coach at some point because yeah. Mike Tomlin is not an idiot. He knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. So we're seeing some development from a lot of young guys that other teams aren't. These are guys who are going to be inexpensive for a long time. There's going to be depth available that we never had before. And as we bring in talent, I mean, let's face That's, that's, that's to me is the best part. We have Jerry Jacobs and AJ Parker might not be starting next year. They're absolutely on the team as like the number four and number five corners. And they're they're making league minimum for two more years. I'm not sure Jerry isn't starting. We'll see how the season I, uh, well, goes. Yeah, we, we, he, <laughs> he, he, he's, got, he's got to get off the roller coaster a little bit. Yep. But he certainly has shown us the potential to be an NFL starter. And, and not just like a guy who started because three guys ahead of him are hurt. Like, this guy earned a starting role. Damn like, right, like it, it, he's... At least ameliorating some of the worry about Jeff Okuda being an injury ravaged bust, and, um, and, which is the the chronic talk about him. Right, right, and I'm the, and and I'm not going to go there on Okuda. We'll see what he is. I'm not but either. The, the, but the, the that, there, there's is, a lot of that out there, right? There's, <laughs> but the prediction is is coming back from an Achilles for a corner is really, really, really hard, it's and it's, it's a tough. huge gap if he can't come back. Well, what kind of a 
great deal is it if you're the front office and you're like, I don't have to fill that gap because I got Jerry and Amani who have developed this year and, and the secondary that's developed. I can, I can, you know, if it's hand that I have to go, I, I need a quarterback. Right? I need all these other yeah. things. I don't have to think about that because I've got a starting caliber cornerback uh, uh, in Jerry Jacobs on a rookie deal rookie UDFA deal for however many years, right? I mean, holy cow, how great is that for this team? And then I hope my, my guy gets paid, right? I hope he gets paid and makes his money because he deserves it. He's anyway, I don't want to go into that yet, yeah. right? But this is such a help for this front office. Then we started talking about, you know, people talking about how bad uh, the golf thing was for the Lions and who won the trade. And I, here's my take on it. And, and I, I kind of came to this as we were talking at the game in, um, as well. You can't answer who won the trade because different people won the trade between the Rams and the Lions at a different date. Today, yes, the Rams won. The Rams there, absolutely such won the situations. trade. But yeah. three years from because why? Because the Rams have the team that put Matthew Stafford on that team. This is their run. They've got him on contract for two years. There's questions why I haven't signed him again for anything more or any longer, but whatever. We'll leave that as, as it is. So they you've heard teams. that out of Los Angeles, too. <laughs> They've made that run. <laughs> They're ready to make that run right now. The Lions aren't. Okay. But guess what? The Lions got two first-round picks out of that and a quarterback that's a bridge to get them there to get to the point where two years from now, three years from now, it may be the Rams are on the decline. Maybe Stafford doesn't sign. The Lions' talent is there, and it's these first-round picks that we got that is helping drive that talent. And all of a sudden, the Lions have won, quote-unquote, this trade. I think when you look back on this in eight years, you're going to see that this was a very, very good trade for both teams. And that's where I think this is going to play, how this is going to play out. I, I, that wouldn't surprise me either. You just planted the seed for, for Matthew Stafford to come back to Detroit in 2024 after Jared Goff is gone. Wouldn't that be fun? Did you <laughs> hear everything he was? I'm rooting for you guys. I'm pulling hard for you guys. That was, that was so – Matthew Stafford does not have an insincere bone in his body. <laughs> you know he meant that. You know you – know, he was feeling that, and he he believes in those guys, and that that was really cool to see. I, I like that a lot. The only so I, the, I, I, I look, let me ask you a question about being with with Stafford. What was it like seeing Stafford in another uniform in person? The only insincere bone in his body is mine. No, uh, the <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I just, okay. we've gone blue again. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was it was interesting. It, it really was because having gone to training camp and watched so much golf and I've seen Stafford here and there. Right. But to yeah. see it in person and see that ball, that familiar throw, that familiar kind of the sidearm, we saw it all out of him. And it was all yeah. just like, wow, these guys aren't dropping the ball. Same mistakes that Stafford makes. Right. He still makes the same mistakes. And you're like, he oh, did. I've seen him do that. Yes, he did. It was <laughs> literally like flashing, like. Right. It was holy cow. This is mm -hmm. absolutely he's the exact same. He's the exact same, except he's surrounded by a team. I feel very good for Matthew Stafford. I, you know, I, look again, love the guy to death. He's done a lot of great stuff for the city. Um, he's 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 a really, really good human being. We're yes. not we're not running for the Super Bowl this year. Or next year, I, I, I'm happy. I'm happy with where everyone winds up. If they win the Super Bowl, guess what? We wind up with the last pick of the first round and the first pick of the second round. We got two picks in a row, right? Okay, fine, whatever. It's still a super, super valuable pick. Anywhere in the first round is a good, 
good, valuable pick to have. Um, I hope he does well. I, I really do. I, I He's just such a good guy. I, I want to see him be successful and have success. Um, I'm tired of the narrative, though, that he had to leave the car with the wheels falling off kind of a, you know, whatever. But uh, I hope he does great. Wish the best for him. For the love of God, people, please stop watching the broadcast and tune into Dan Miller yeah. and Lomas yeah. Brown calling the game on the radio. Do what you have to do to make that happen. If you need to, to, to delay the game or or delay the radio feed, um, I, when I do it, I, I, can, I can get over the air radio here. And I actually do have a over the air transistor radio that I can listen to it on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if, if you're one who has to stream it on both. You have the ability to delay it and sync it up. Just ignore social media for a little bit. You know, you're, you're going to be a couple of minutes behind. That's okay. Yeah. Um, it's worth it. So you don't have to listen to. Um, I, I, apparently, it was Mark Sanchez this week to have the Lions. And apparently, uh, he made Detroit sound like it was like an AHL franchise. <laughs> yeah, God almighty. I, I don't like him. Um, yeah. I oh. did once upon a time. Yeah. Yeah, well, he is what he is. But so what I saw was what his record says. He is. (laughs) What I saw was the man I fell in love with, and and that's all I can say. It was just it was the guy I remember, and he looks. He still looked, you know, as handsome as ever. It was just like ah, um, wish I had him, but we couldn't help him. He's not going to be. He wouldn't be happy here. He would put on the face and he would do his job, and but he would. He's having fun, right? I mean. It's it's weird, you know. I guess if you got a healthy departure with your ex, you can if they have fun. It's you know, okay. You the way I, mean? I the way I equate it is when LeBron left Cleveland, um, and it devastated Cleveland, and it dev- yeah. it, it actually devastated LeBron too. Um, as much as he likes to put on the good face about it, this wasn't anything like that. This this was you know, and, and LeBron left for much the same reason that Stafford went on. He realized that. I'm really good, and the team around me is never going to get there while I'm here, so let me go win because I have to win. Otherwise, people aren't going to respect me the way that I need to get respected. Yep. And he went, and he did it. Um, he came back, thank God, got got me a ring. Um, <laughs> got, got all of us in Cleveland a ring, and that makes me very happy. But uh, so th- the second time he left, it was it was different because then it was like, okay, you know what? He He did what he needed to do. And we respected the fact that he wanted to move on this time. And he did it much the same way that Stafford did. He went to a good team that was in a better position to get him more titles and more fame, more accolades, more national attention than what he would have gotten had he stayed in Cleveland. And and people in Cleveland, by and large, are, are at peace with LeBron being with the Lakers now. And I think that's the status where most people are with Matthew Stafford now. And I hope it's that way because that's the way it should be. He would not have been happy in Detroit. He would not be thriving in Detroit the way he was in this. I I know he is a, a Dan Campbell type of quarterback, and he's absolutely a kneecap biter. Yeah. But I also know that he had gone through enough bad football that he was he was ready. Um and it, it was time. This team's and not I, going I, I, I don't I'm not frustrated that they that it ended. Um, I, I, I think it's great. I, I still root for him. I want to see him do well. Um, just as I, I like to see, I know Darius Slay is coming to Detroit this weekend. I still like Darius Slay. I still like Quandre Diggs a lot, even though they're on other teams. Mm-hmm. Th- those are guys that just got, you know, they reached me, um, on, on a personal level. I got to know them a little bit. And, you know, that, that makes a difference. And, and like they weren't, they weren't acrimonious towards Detroit. They were very acrimonious towards, 
the specific situation that they were in yep. in Detroit. Yep. And I hope that the fans, when when Slay comes back this weekend, cheer him because he deserves it. He earned that for his time here. Yeah. And he he didn't want to leave Detroit. He wanted to leave Matt Patricia. Remember that when you're at the game this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one more thing about Jerry, just really quick, uh, going back yeah. to him. Uh, yeah, I yeah. was, I was chatting with him and, um, was telling him, Hey man, you did good. You, you did good this week. I, I don't know about that penalty. I'm not sure I buy it, but whatever you did. Good. That was, that was cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. Not I, a not a good call. I said, you did good. You, you are definitely showing yourself as the real deal. And his, 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 his response was still a lot of work to do. Still a lot of work to do. He knows it. He he's, knows but it. he's That's earned good. it. I mean, I'm, I'm like, man, you've 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 proven it, right? You've you've proved that you deserve that first seat at the table in the NFL. Yep. And he's like, still yes, got sir. work to do. Still got work to do. And I'm like, if, man, if he uh, hopefully his work involves locating the ball when it's in the air. <laughs> hopefully, and so this is a Lions wide problem. He's. Oh, or Warrior you has problems with this. AJ Parker has problems with this. When when Bobby Price was in the game, he had problems with this. Can we get them to do what every middle school team in the country does and yell ball from the sideline when the quarterback throws the damn ball? <laughs> it's not a bad idea. It's really not that hard because none of them do it well. None of them do it inherently. Yeah. That, that's the way that you can help them. I was at a football game last Friday night. I reflexively yell it still. I haven't played football <laughs> in 35 years. I still yell ball when, it, when the ball goes up yep, just yeah. to help the corners out. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe they need to, to incorporate that in there. That's my suggestion for Jerry to take that into a meeting room and like, hey, coach, can we yell ball when, when the ball's up? Can yep. we have the linemen do that? Coaches on the side yell ball. Yeah. Um, so the other thing Jerry's doing, I want to say for St. Jude, he is yes. signing a jersey. And we're sending a football to Allen um, Park and back, hopefully by the 5th. Um, the auction's going to start on the 5th. When we go live, the auction will go live. So we'll be able to talk about it while we're going on. Um, and I just heard the cat hit the wall. <laughs> Is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> um, glorious. The auction will go live. We got some great stuff. We've got a Jerry Jacobs signed jersey. We're going to have a Jerry Jacobs signed ball. We've got a DeAndre Swift signed ball. we got a Jamal Williams signed ball. We got... Um, um, oh God, we got so much stuff. We got tons of stuff. You guys want to check it out? Absolutely. Uh, head on over to DetroitLinesPodcast.com. Once the St. Jude uh, telethon starts, that's November 5th at 9 a.m. Riz and I will be going for 24 hours straight, <sighs> raising money, trying to get up there. I want to thank everybody. Sam and today, thank you again for donating. Well, that, that's awesome. I, I realized today uh, that I have a commitment on that next day, that, that Saturday. Um, that's going to require me to be up and attentive all day. So oh, it's going to be rough, man. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, that's not going to be an easy drive across the state of Michigan that day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <an Uber. laughs> uh, we're at 23.69.69, and we haven't even started yet. Thank you for that, uh, Sam, and for pushing us up to the 69.69. Um, you can join and help out, stjude.org slash DLP. Anything you donate there goes directly to St. Jude. Help the sick kids. Um, Sam is going to ship you some coffee, he said. He's also going to join us for, for a long time on the broadcast. He loves to, to come and be part of that as well. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Super Chat. Uh, Matt Leffler. Lef, Lef, sorry. 
Lafleur. Not Lafleur. No, it's Lafleur. It is Lafleur. Sorry. Okay. Oh, it is the, yeah. the coach. Yeah. What's up, coach? Like <laughs> Chris Lady Killer. Uh, don't know your last name and don't need to know. And Jeff Babe Magnet Wisdom. How y'all doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Doing all right. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Giggity. All right. Stayjude.org slash DLP. Hook us up and help help us sick kids and uh, do our thing. We want to get that uh, get that going and help them folks out. All right. Yeah. Um. Let's get into it. I want to get into something really quick. I got to remind folks again, we have a home game, which Sandman will be at cheering his brains out. And that's a lot of cheering because he's a smart guy. Um, we have the Eagles in town. Did you guys forget about the countdown? Did you guys forget about that countdown that we talked about before? That's where we count on the play clock so that they can't get us monkeyed up on those uh, delay of game penalties anymore. Be a great time to do that. Count from five to zero. If we can make that happen, that would be great. That'd be a statement to the officials that we're watching. It would also help us out a little bit with the, uh, with those calls and make them stay uh, alert. And once it becomes inculcated, the team, then we can start counting five at when it's four seconds. And when they think and we get to zero, it's the clock ending. At one, the clock ending, they get a delay of eight penalty. Anyway, let's have, have fun with it. Do the countdown. Don't let them hose us in that anymore because the refs can't seem to do their job. So countdown five to zero when the Eagles have the ball. We're going to get into the trade deadline now. Uh, trade deadlines yes. coming up, Riz. This kind of ta- kind of leads into what we talked about a little bit before. We're huge buyers right now, right? Oh God! I hope not. Uh, so, uh, so uh, at Lions Wire, I had to put a piece up today, and uh, this is one of those. We've talked about this before, Chris. There are things that I like to write, and there are things that I have to write. And when you see something that's across all the other wires, across Eagles Wire and Bears Wire, and all the other wires, that's 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 a sign that I didn't choose to write it; that I had to write it. <laughs> And it was the seven most likely trade candidates. So all of us wire editors, all 32 of us, had to come up with the player on our team who was most likely to be traded at the trade deadline. Ooh. I chose Nick Williams, by the way, for the for the Lions. I don't expect him to go anywhere, but he is the most plausible player to be traded from the Lions, in my opinion. Uh, Trey, no, no, nobody is trading for Trey Flowers' contract. Forget it. Um, and Because no They're contender can afford to take on a $19 million salary. They can't. They're the um, bullshit. <laughs> thank you. Yes, there, there's my guy. Um, all one one of the things that I think a lot of people forget about or don't care about is that you're you're acquiring not just the player, but you're acquiring the salary. Like all the talk about um, Taylor Decker, the nonsense of Taylor Decker going to Baltimore. You realize that the the Ravens they can't they, right now. They're going to have to cut people so they can pay Lamar Jackson. They're not going to bring in an expensive asset at a position where they don't really need the help. <laughs> with Taylor Decker, who, by the way, is hurt, um, and we don't know what's going on with that, and I wish I had more information on that. Nobody is saying a word, and I talked to a lot of people in Allen Park in the last 48 hours, um, people who are with the team uh, and, and the traveling team. They don't know what's going on with Taylor Decker yet. Is he going to play or is he not? He did not practice today. It's Wednesday as we're recording this. He, They did get official word, though, that he doesn't have to be activated by next week, that it goes through the bye week. So they get an extra week built in there from the 21-day window when the clock started. But it's it, there's a very legitimate possibility that he is out for the year. 
And no team is going to trade for his salary for that, especially when they would have to cut five or six players from their active roster in order to absorb him on. Again, if you do even 37 seconds of Google research, which is all that I did on finding out if the Ravens could afford that, it was very easy to shoot that whole thing down. And somebody built a whole damn three-hour show around it, and that's all they talked about for three hours. It's really not that complicated to do that sort of research, folks. And uh, if you're patronizing the people who do that, let them know to not do that, please. Um, again, I so so I, I ugh, let me organize my thoughts here because I'm I'm not I'm I'm being what I'd hate and I hate that. Um, I chose seven players from other teams that were listed by the other editors as players who would be interested. I instantly ruled out anybody over 28 years old, and I instantly ruled out anybody who was going to be a free agent at the end of the year without a fifth-year option or a viable franchise or transition tag usage, which left me about 15 guys. Um, Among the players that I chose, and again, I do not expect any of these to happen at all. I don't expect Quite honestly, I don't expect any player that any average casual fan from another team would know to be moved. That includes the Sean Watson, by the way, um, to to be moved by the trade deadline. You're going to see Trinity Benson style deals. Um, Seventh round picks, conditional sixth round picks going for um, guys who can maybe very low budget guys who can help. Contending teams that have depth problems. That's what you're going to see. Um, I don't know why the Jets traded for Joe Flacco. That makes no sense to me. Nothing the Jets have done makes no any sense to me at all. That team is absolutely in worse shape than the Detroit Lions, both now and in the future. I know that the record says that the Lions are worse. They are not worse. Um, Let me ask you about the pastry, man. And by the way, I know who the pastry chef guy was, by the way. He's a hilarious dude. Um the Salah thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, does anybody wish we had Salah as a coach right now? I don't think so. Um, I will say this. New York Jets fans feel better about Robert Salah than Philadelphia Eagles fans feel about Nick Sirianni, who's coming to town this weekend. And I can tell you that from being on three different Eagles podcasts this week. And every single one of them, two of them on the air and one of them off the air, um, all told me they love Dan Campbell and they wish that they had Dan Campbell in in Philadelphia instead of what they've got because they are inspired by him and they see how the players respond to it and their players are not responding to the coaching that they've got. And that's, I just, that was that was that that was so. And the first person that I talked to is a guy that I've known for 15 years. He was one of the very first people to have an NFL podcast. We go way back. I'm on it a lot um, at draft time. This is like the second time I've done it talking about the, the Lions versus the Eagles. The other one was the snow game. Right. Um, that, that shows you how long that ago that was. He's like, I can't get over how good your coach is. Like, he. Th- he he understands what he's doing. Like there's method to his madness. You know the the going for it, going all out like that. The players are going to love that. They're they're going to want to they're going to do whatever he tells them to do. And but they trust him. He's like we don't we don't have that with Sirianni right now. We he's just not that kind of guy. Like he's a, he's a great offensive mind. I don't know if he's a leader of people. Um, so let's go back. So real quick, rewind to the coaching search. And a lot of people were like, well, we want Arthur Smith, 
who's now in in uh, in Atlanta and doing okay. Yeah. We want they wanted um, uh, who's Buffalo's offensive coordinator Brian Dable. Mm-hmm. Brian Dable has the personality of a milk dud um, and is not an inspirational guy. He's a brilliant offensive mastermind and he's perfect in what he's doing for Buffalo. He is not an NFL head coach. He doesn't have that gravitas. You've got to have a certain personality, a certain charisma, a certain presence to you. Dan Campbell has that. Not everybody's going to like it, but it's better than the alternative of a guy that's like, come on, coach. I'm, I'm falling asleep here while you're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's happening in Philadelphia, but I'm, I am saying that that has, that, that is a problem with some other people around the league. Let me just tell you, there's it, it, just like Jim Schwartz was the right guy at the right time for the team. Jim Schwartz but, was perfect for a winless team, but absolutely. I think Dan Campbell is the same type of perfect guy at the perfect time after the Matt Patricia era, Dan Campbell's exactly what this team needed. But the thing is, is I think there's a maturity that Dan Campbell has far beyond what Jim shorts had when he came to coach the team for the first time. And I know this is his first coaching gig, but this there's something with Dan that's well beyond that. He brings the same kind of fire, but there's an accountability. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to preach on service le- servant leadership anymore again here, but there's far beyond what they had. I am so damn happy right now, and and I don't. We'll see if I if I regret saying this, right? I mean, I, I've been wrong once or twice before. I'm due still this year. Uh, <laughs> I'm damn glad we signed this guy to a six year contract. I'm absolutely enthralled with that because I don't want him to get out. I have a feeling in three years. He's going to be one of the hot, hot. I mean, he's already an interesting name, an interesting name for folks, right? Like, oh, I wish we had him. Oh, he's really, you know, these and these are teams that are kind of bottom tier, having problems, but they can see that he's going to bring change. Three years when this team is winning and and showing, you know, the results and and, and the bearing the fruit of this development of these guys that we're doing right now. You're gonna the, the 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 possibility is such that you have one of the best coaches in football. And you got him. You know, this is like a, so not Lions. I'll tell you one more thing. And this is this is Brandon. Uh, Brandon, love you, man. Thanks for being around all the time. Eagles coach today talked about how their team is like a flower, budding up and ready to pop. And one Eagles fan compared that to Dan Campbell saying, "We're going to bite kneecaps. <laughs> We're budding and ready to pop." Right? It's like okay. If you're if you're if you're. Uh, Let's say Aline McNeil. If you're that guy, do you want to play for a flower? Or do you want to go bite some kneecaps? That's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. If you're a team that was under the Matt Patricia regime, are you going to be a flower or are you want to bite kneecaps? You know, because because you were a mushroom <laughs> before, right? You were a fungus. <laughs> you're piled on us. Keep that crap off my pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, I'm I'm. You know, people talk about the run through walls with with Dan Campbell and all that stuff. And I get it. He fires you up. But I am I'm really stoked about we've got a lot of near misses with this team this year. Yes, we do. And in, in, in games that we really shouldn't have. Right. That first half of the of the Packers game, we shouldn't even have been in it like that for a half against the Packers with the talent we have. This game against the Rams, we destroyed Vegas on the spread. We destroyed Vegas on that spread and uh, shouldn't have shouldn't have. This team continues. They've had two bad games, really bad games. It was a Chicago game and the Bengals, right? Yeah. But if this was any other Lions team with the talent they have on the field, if, if, if all the way through Caldwell, 
If this was the talent that those guys had to work with, this team wouldn't have performed. They wouldn't have been performing even at this level. Caldwell would have been nice. He's a leader of men, but he just didn't have the ability to manage the games and get them to. Caldwell would have gotten something out of this group, Mm -hmm. but not not as much as what we're we're seeing. And and again, I I wrote about it this week. I talked about it on, on every chance I get a chance to talk about it. The fact that all the former players that are on this roster are such good teachers. Um, I had to write about Evan Brown this week. Evan Brown was the top graded pass protection center, not overall center, but pass protection center Mm -hmm. in the league against. I think he had, I think it was 18 reps against Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald had one QB pressure. It came at the damn wrong time, unfortunately, Uh, but that's, they did a great job against Aaron Donald. I was very impressed. They did a really good job of passing him off from Jackson or Vitae to Brown with help. Um, having you know, the, the running back maybe ready to see, okay, if he comes wide here, I got to pick him up. But if not, I can release to things like that. That, that stood out to me on the film study was that they had a plan for how to handle Aaron Donald and they wanted the other Rams to beat them. And they didn't by and large because Sewell had another awesome game. Matt Nelson had his best game as a pro, which was cool to see. That's Hank Fraley. Hank Fraley's teaching these guys. You see what you see the improvement in the secondary with, with Jerry and, and, and Parker and all these guys. That's Aubrey Pleasant, former NFL player out there. You know, wide receivers, Khalif Raymond, 115 yards. My boy likes You got to give a little, you got a little tip of that to Antoine Randall L, man. That's, that means so much to the players. And and when I, when I talk to people around the league, they're like, y'all have a really good coaching staff around Dan Campbell. And I, I, they don't think that that gets talked up enough in their market. And I don't think it gets talked up enough in Detroit, quite frankly. I think too many people focus on Campbell and all that he is. And they ignore the fact that, you know, Aaron Glenn's doing a damn fine job with that defense. We'll see. Aubrey Pleasant's doing a great job. Here's the thing. (laughs) We've talked about this. Um, and people have talked about this. It's been a Twitter conversation. It's been a Reddit conversation. Yeah. It's been, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's the thing. We finally have coaches that other people want to hire away and all that. They may not want to leave. And I, I this is a key. There's happen. something to be said for loving where you work and, and, and what it means to be part of something. And to be able to see something like this, if you're a coach, yeah, you could take the quick jump this year to another team, right? And then take the same position or maybe a bump or whatever. But you take this team to the heights that it has potential to do, as you can see all these coaches doing and, and how they're building this team. They built it together in three years. Their value is 10 X what it is today, mm-hmm. right? It's an investment. And so we talk about, Hey, they do a great job. We'll lose those coaches. Let's not just write them off just yet. Let's just see what's going on because there's a camaraderie here that, yeah players have with each other and now there are a bunch of players as coaches together there's something to this there's something to this and i would they do need to get a win or two oh yeah no oh yeah they they need it they really do i i think they need that reinforcement in the locker room for the young players who are like okay we've bought in to everything that you're selling us now can we get a win please like a, a win this weekend a win Excuse me, against Chicago on Thanksgiving, which is looking more and more likely all the time now that, that Khalil Mack is probably going to be out. Um, and they're wasting Justin Fields. They're, they're asking um, – somebody somebody on Twitter said it, and I can't remember what it was. They said that they're asking Steph Curry to be Shaq. 
is what Chicago was doing with Justin Fields. And that totally resonated with me because yeah. it, it's, if you watch how they're making him run their offense, it's, it's mind bogglingly, insanely bad how poorly t- that team is coached. Yeah. And they are losing their, their players there. And, uh, that's so, so getting, getting a win or two in the next month would do so much for these guys. Yeah. It really would. So I, I'm hopeful for this weekend. I'm hopeful for Thanksgiving. I'm hopeful for, for one other one too. But, uh, yeah. I'm, they they do need to get some wins. Otherwise, everything they're selling, it's going to be harder to sell it. And it's going to be more yep. difficult for the players to buy in. Yep. yep. So they, they cannot go 0-17. That, that would be a crippling blow. I know that the, everybody's, oh, you'll get the number one pick that way. They can go 2-15 and 15 and get the number one pick. Yep. Um, and I, I, I think that I, honestly, right route. now, if you if you pin me to it, that would be my prediction for the rest of the year. They get, yeah. they go two and fifteen, get the number one overall pick, take Kayvon Thibodeau at number one with the number twenty seven pick in the in the 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 Rams pick because the Rams are going to lose to the the Cardinals in the playoffs or or the Packers. Uh, th- then they'll take um, who knows wide receiver um, Joe Marino from the draft network had George Pickens from Georgia in there. I like that. That works works for me. I've got four potentials. On a schedule still, not that they're going to win all four or lose all four, but they are up for for possibility. So I, you know, it's it's one to four wins on this season. I see. I think two is probably a good pick. I think it's two or three range. But yeah, absolutely. I think you're you're right right on it there. Um, I want to talk about you know you talk about the coaches, and um, I, I I did I reached out to Hank, uh, and and talking about the Fraley, see if we can get them on the St Jude show as well. Uh, waiting in on that also. Talk to uh, Coach Fonts today, and uh, hey, so, okay, we got something. All right, so he's not listening. We got something special. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of let you guys in, but don't don't share. Don't this. tell Coach. Don't, don't tell, tell coach. coach. We're uh, we're working to have Herman Moore on the call when we when uh, when Coach Fonts calls in, and when we get Coach Fonts on the phone, and we're shooting for Lomas as well. And we're going to do a little quick reunion on the show between some old players and an old coach with the last playoff win in Lions history. Get them together, remember old times, have some great conversations. So again, don't don't let the cat out of the bag. This is a secret between all of us. That's, that's going to be sweet. But uh, it'll be a nice little surprise for Coach Fonts. I'm going to go see if I can hook up with him too. I got a, a couple of the official Duke footballs. Those ain't cheap on on the way. And <laughs> oh no, uh, no, they're not. <laughs> I'm going to get to see if I can get Coach to sign those as well. Get some Coach Fonz balls in the auction and get going with that. So a lot of good stuff. St. Jude.org slash DLP. St. Jude.org slash DLP. Let's help some sick kids and do some great stuff. All right. Uh, let's do a quick jaunt around the division, Riz. We're running out of time here. Um, yeah. We talked about Justin so, Fields. Yeah, I, I brought up the Bears a little bit. Um, Khalil Mack is not going to play this week. They're debating what to do with him. He is injured. He's not loafing. Um, the Bears looked that that was that was a really really bad game for them last weekend. That was that was one of the games that, that the the coverage switched off of. They're they are clearly behind Minnesota now, and I, th- I think everybody knows that everybody's looking up at Green Bay, which has looked like the best team in football. Excuse me, outside of Arizona since their inexplicable slip up against New Orleans. Although the Saints. Say what you want. They 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 are four and two. They did win again Monday night. I don't, I don't know how. Um, so that's the fact that Seattle is just awful. But uh, yeah, Green Bay Green Bay is looking really sharp now. They have an interesting thing because Devontae Adams is not going to play. They play Thursday night this week. He's out with COVID, and a couple of their coaches are apparently out with COVID. From what I understand, I haven't looked at this in a little while, so I I, I could be off there, but. Uh, 
He's out. So adjust your fantasy lineups, by the way. But they flashed an interesting stat today. Aaron Rodgers, um, since Devontae Adams has been on the team, has never lost a game where Devontae Adams hasn't played. And his TD to INT ratio is better when Adams isn't on the field. I know it's, it's batshit crazy, is it not? Someone that, get on the horn with Green Bay and tell them that they got to get rid of Devontae Adams. And the Lions are just the place he needs to go. So, so if you do go back in time, remember his tour for his first tour, two and a half seasons in the league. Packers fans hated Devontae Adams because he was weird and he, he couldn't catch. <laughs> they figured it out pretty quickly. Um, that's a sign, by the way, that you don't give up on talent. Um, before it's due, um, you, you, you figure out how to make it work instead. And Green Bay did a masterful job at that, even with Mike McCarthy at the helm. Yep. Good for them. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota, uh, I, I, I look, they're, they are a weird team to me because I, the NFC is so stratified. There's the top five. Yeah. Like there, there's the division leaders and the Rams who are not the division leaders. And then there's like Minnesota and, New Orleans and Atlanta and maybe Washington, but probably not because their defense is awful. They're the bullshit. And like 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 Carolina was three and zero. Oh. They're three and four now, um, and, and the the bloom is off the flower of Sam Darnold. Um, <laughs> uh, so I I think Minnesota. Um, I haven't even looked at who they play yet. I got to do my football meteorology tonight. They're they're a team to watch because I think they're getting better. Um, the last couple times that I saw them, they were looking pretty good. That's a team. Their offense, man. If if their line can block it all, that's a really really good team. Yeah. They're going to be tough to beat. Yep, yep. Yeah. So that, oh, there, there's your around the division. There um, you go. Them. All right. Quick look ahead to the Eagles. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Pain insomnia. And Win. Yeah. And uh, pain, insomnia, and anxiety. That's the one. Pain, anxiety. Uh, check it out. CBD. I have all those things, Chris. As you know, <laughs> I'll tell you what. The cream. And after I, I, I was, I had every intention when I was in Vegas to work out every, you know, on my normal schedule in the morning, and I didn't, and I didn't, and then I got to LA and I didn't, and so today was my first day back on the on the bench, and I, I was, I was sore. I have to tell you, I was sore today. So I pulled out the CBD cream and made it go away. Kenyon just mentioned it today. It was funny he mentioned it today because I had he did gone through he did. that. Yeah, he absolutely yeah. did. That cream is awesome. If you if you get you got any pain going on, that stuff will help you out. CBD at Detroit Lions, CBD at Detroit Lions podcast.com. Get your uh, pain, anxiety, and insomnia taken care of. Um, Delta eight, Delta 10, active CBD, uh, good in all 50 states, and you will get a buzz. I guarantee it. All right. Uh, look ahead to the Eagles. Boy, how in the heck? You know, I wouldn't normally be worried anymore about Darius Slay as a cornerback because he's. He's not what he used to be. Not that he's a bad cornerback. He's just not the slay that we knew and we grew up with and on the Lions or that grew up with us in the Lions. But Jared Goff is throwing the ball. <laughs> and it's different, right? So uh, what it else is. do we have to worry about in the, Lions, in the uh, Philadelphia secondary, Riz? Okay, I will tell you the, the biggest key to the game that I picked up from doing a little bit of research on my own and talking to Eagles people is the red zone. The Lions are awful in the red zone. The Eagles' defense is awful in the red zone. Their offense is really good. Lions' defense is 30th in, in the NFL. Um, the Lions, or they're 32nd. The Lions' offense is 30th. Eagles are 7th in offense and 31st in defense. So th- there's going to be potential for the offense to get right, but 
stopping Jalen Hurts and what they do in the red zone is going to be the key to this game. And and, and I actually put the, the impetus there on the Detroit defense, keeping him contained because he's very – Look, Jalen Hurts. It's it one of the. It's weird because he is the quarterback that I think a lot of Lions fans would would consider to be an upgrade over Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. And the impression that I get from a lot of different Philadelphia people is that like he's why we're not good. And I don't really understand that. Um, whether it's he doesn't get with what Sirianni's trying to do, whether he doesn't use the weapons all that well, or I don't know. Well, we I saw know him this. at Senior Bowl, and he wasn't spectacular there. But either was Herbert, and he's like he's serviceable. Yeah. yeah, like I, I, I like him. I root for him. He's a great human being. You know, I, I like, yeah. I like. He's yeah. a smart guy off the field. I root for guys like that. Yeah. Um, it, it's not working. One of the things they're going to be without Miles Sanders, who's their running back. They were, they were, was it third in the league in yards per carry on the ground, but thirty first in attempts. Like. Can you figure out that maybe you need to run the ball a little more? Maybe, yeah. maybe, and they just—that's it, whew, it's over their head. It, it, <laughs> they, so, uh, if they figure it out on offense, uh, specifically in the red zone, and, and we're still sputtering and go zero for five in the red zone on touchdowns again, that can't happen. You're going to lose the game that way. If they—if Dan Campbell kicks that field goal to make it a five-point game instead of a two-point game. They're winning this football game. That, that that was a huge beef of mine. Take the damn points in a game like that where your defense is playing well. It shows that you have confidence in your defense. They're going to feed off that. Right. I know the analytics tell you to go for it and all that. There are some things that the analytics does not account for. And one of the things that it also doesn't account for is that it changes the strategy of the team on the other side. If they're down by five, they have to play for a touchdown. They can't settle for a field goal. That changes your play calling strategy. It changes your clock management. And the 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 bots that are out there, they do not factor that in. So I I implore folks to ignore the the Ben Baldwin bots. Not that Ben's a bad dude, but it, it, it doesn't take into account things that have to be taken into account by doing it. So that's okay, her first resident thinks yeah, Ben's a loser. So, I, <laughs> so I, I like the Lions chances quite a bit here, but they're going to have to score touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, if they don't go at least 50% on touchdowns, they're going to lose. But if they, if they go over 50%, they have an incredibly good chance of winning. It, again, I said this before the Bears game. The Lions team that played last week beats up the Eagles team that played last. Yeah. But um, then they lost to the Raiders 33 to 22. That game was, was 33 to 14 with two minutes to go. They racked up a ton of garbage time stats in that game. The Eagles did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game was not competitive at all. But like what happened when, when the Bears played, they were a different Bears team and the Lions were a different team. Give me the Lions from last week, the Jared Goff, who was aggressive and assertive and, and tried things. That that guy can win football games for you, and he specifically can beat Philadelphia because their linebackers aren't good in coverage. They don't cover running backs out of the backfield well. This is a very favorable matchup, even if Goff isn't at his best, but they have to execute it. This is the first game, first best chance to win for the Lions this year. This game is. I would agree. And I want to just really quick go back. You mentioned that about golf, and it was something I wanted to bring up early in the show and forgot about. It's something I, I kind of thought about oh, yeah. while I was watching the game. We saw Jared Goff throw the ball downfield this game against the Rams more than he has 
yeah. all season, really. I mean, I don't yeah, have the numbers definitely. to back it up, but it's it's other, it other than the, the one half against Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, I think, until that last interception. But whatever, right? There's things that happen there. Besides that, one of the senses I got was this is how you fix that broken. I'm afraid to throw it. You find success. And he was finding success throwing it down the field. You're not going to fix it in a single game, but he's done it and was successful. Now he's going to face the Eagles. He has a chance to do it and be successful again. He could start to break out of this kind of self-imposed prison. Yes, he could. The cell that he's put himself into. I'm really, really interested. I think it's fragile at this point, especially ending on the, on the interception like they did. I think it's fragile. But Jared Goff... It, it, over three, four, five games here, if he starts finding success doing that, you may find him break out into the point where he's not so afraid to throw it downfield. And all of a sudden you find the Jared Goff of old rather than one of most recent. And that is interesting. That becomes interesting for next year as far as. And that's that's why this game is very critical for Jared Goff, because did he do this in Los Angeles? Because he knows those guys on the defense. He knows their tendencies. I know it's a different defensive coordinator and there's, there's quite a few changes, actually. Um, one of them being Michael Brockers being in Detroit. But he understood how to attack that deep, like the personnel. He knew the guys that he knew were the guys that he went after, which was interesting to me. Yeah. I hope that he builds off that. And it wasn't just a thing where he, because he was so familiar with Los Angeles and because he was so motivated to go back and do well in front of a place, in front of his old friends. I mean, look, I, I know people bag on golf. I, I certainly do it myself. He's a likable guy, like off the field, like like he, one of the most. Those are his friends, guys, man. He man. wants to show out for that. Show me that you can do that when you're not having that intrinsic motivation behind you, and I will feel a lot better about Jared Goff. So I am watching Jared Goff very carefully this week because if he plays like he did in Los Angeles against Philadelphia, then we then we got to start having the conversation about is he the answer. Um, obviously, he has to clean some mistakes up, but uh, the Eagles, they ain't the Rams. <laughs> that Hawkinson pass from early in the season, I think it was the second game. I can't remember exactly. The one that was the, one of the most beautiful passes I've seen all year. And he threw it to Hawkinson. I was like, this guy has a magic touch. And I haven't seen that. There's been sparks, right? But I haven't seen that. And that, that throw he hit to Khalif Raymond diving, that's a throw he hasn't even thought about throwing. Yeah. And the fact that he trusted Raymond, who's a very small guy, to go get that ball. That's the kind of thing that we, that I have screamed about for Jerichoff to start doing. And he's, he finally did it again. Did he do it because it was Los Angeles, because it was his old haunts, or because he's getting more comfortable with his guys? That's what I'm watching for this weekend more than anything else. Yep. All right. Don't forget, take money out of Bezos's pocket. He's spending too much yes. money on space, and you can help Thank your favorite you. podcast. Oh, Flounder. $200 for St. Jude. Thank you, Flounder. We got uh, 256969, stjude.org slash DLP. Head up there and uh, help the kids. <laughs> nice. All right. Now I got to go back to my regular read. Uh, take that money out of Bezos's pocket, and you know, you still go to Amazon, but still donate to St. Jude. Oh, gosh, you got me floundering the all mixed up now. But Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. If you're going to buy anything from Amazon, use that link. Uh, it takes you right to Amazon. No funny stuff. It just gives them a little cookie that says, hey, Chris and Jeff sent you there, and they're great guys. So uh, let's kick them, give them a little kickback out of the profit and give a little less to the bald man Bezos. Because let's face it, 
we don't want him getting all predatory on the Lions. <laughs> we don't really want him to. If he gets a team, if he gets a foothold in the NFL, particularly Washington is, is probably a good target right now, owning the paper and all that out there. <laughs> ah, boy, oh, boy. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Thank you, Flounder, so much for the, the 200 to St. Jude. stjude.org slash DLP. If you can't go to Amazon and buy money, spend a little money by donating it to help sick kids. All right, Riz. I, I believe that does it, my friend. I think we. Uh, That's a good night. But this is a, this is good. Thanks, yeah. thanks for thanks for sharing your stories of SoFi with us because it was that that was something that I was very curious about. Was you know, and, and you answered a lot of the questions. The, the pictures are gorgeous. I want to go there now. I can't wait to get out there. Um, and fabulous. As you know, I don't like to fly particularly. I like to drive everywhere I go. I'm not driving to Los Angeles. That would be worth a trip for for me to fly out there. Oh yeah, it, it, it is worth it. I'm telling you. The stadium, I the pictures, the TV does not do it justice. It is absolutely amazing. It is amazing. I can't say enough about how great uh, SoFi is. All right. Let's see. Don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You get access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. 100% guaranteed. The Slack chat. Riz, Chris, Case is there. All the cool people, all the cool people. Ash, Sandman rolls around through there sometimes. It is awesome. Good time. Uh, Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at D-E-T Lions Podcast. D-E-T like Detroit, right? D-E-T Lions Podcast and at Jeff Risden, as you see spelled right there. Uh, Give us follows. I don't don't mirror my screen anymore. I'm an idiot. (laughs) Give us a follow on the old Twitter machine and uh, see some of the best no pants content you'll find anywhere on the internet. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can do what, Riz? We can come into your ear holes automatically. That's right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. We got Tony on Friday. We got Ash on Sunday. And it's no problems because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Good. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.